Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. I, uh, I woke up on time this morning. So did you. We're bright and early, sharp at 7 o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to know that we cheated and we're doing this and it's 10.50 p.m. on a Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, if this was seven o'clock tomorrow morning, I mean today, where would you be right now? Uh, somewhere in Indiana, driving yeah. through Indiana. So basically, uh, we're doing this. We're pre-recording this because Jim wouldn't be able to be here on Monday morning, which is okay. Which is okay. It's perfectly fine. So uh, we're recording Sunday night. That way, we can have this out to you guys live this morning as you're watching this uh, or listening on the podcast. But I mean, it's not as if like the next few hours really made a difference if we did it now or tomorrow, anyways. So yeah, nothing's gonna happen between now and seven a.m. Nothing really can happen. So yeah, yeah. like you said, like nothing really can. And uh, if it was the off season, say it was, just say it was December, I don't know seventh. Yeah. I'm also pretty confident nothing would happen. So there's that most likely, right? But uh, anyways, I guess we should get into the show uh, for the most part. Uh, talking about nothing can really happen or whatever. I mean, the Pirates aren't in the postseason, so there's nothing really talking in regards to that. We could give a little AFL updates. Um, you know, as we just talked before the show, lead on just started, uh, but there really hasn't been a whole lot of updates to really talk about since like we've last talked. I mean, yeah, Nick yeah, Gonzalez is still tearing it up. Yeah, not a whole lot. Um, I said Dominican Winter League started on Saturday, was opening day. So big names to watch there. Andy Rodriguez is uh, is playing. Uh, uh, Leo Perguero is playing. Uh, Dario Lopez uh, got a start on Saturday. So a few um, you know a few Pirates prospects in the mix. O'Neill Cruz is going to be be joining one of uh, those teams here within the next uh, week or two as well. So. Some interesting stuff to look forward to. And those broadcasts, if you haven't watched them, they're super fun. The commercials in the Dominican Republic are excellent. Um, and they're all on MLB.tv. It's free. There you go. Yeah. Also, just, just to add in, just talking about that. And I tuned in, and it's not like a great broadcast. I mean, there is no broadcast. The sound is very, very low. You can barely hear anything. But the A there's an falling. The AFL is actually now being streamed as well on yes. MLB.com. Yeah, so Arizona Fall League now being streamed. Like I said, I don't really think it's a broadcast. It's not necessarily. It's just like a it's stream. as close to like what we were seeing in in like in a, maybe not center field. It's actually you know in the behind home plate, but just like yeah. a camera sitting there just showing the field. Yeah, and so the sounds not, and bits of yeah, not ideal. But it's not. It's, it's something, not. I guess. It's footage, though, at least. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to sit through a Arizona Fall League game looking at a camera position 200 feet behind home plate, though. I think I well, I'll be honest. I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw. I mean, shout out to John Drecker. He's the one that you know let me know about it when he tweeted yeah. out there. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then I, I tuned in. And then about five minutes later, I tuned right out. I was like, I, I can't do all this. I can't. There are better uses of my time. Yeah. If you much wanna, as... Yeah. If you want to produce like a an actual broadcast, then sure, I'll put it on. But yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's what I was saying. I would much rather just see like the app at. Yeah. That's that's quite fine with me. Then whatever footage that was, trying to figure out who who even is at the plate, <laughs> what's going on. Exactly. So, anyways, um, but I mean, I guess it's in a step towards the right direction. I mean, at least there is footage; you can see it. 
So there's something. True. But uh, the real reason we're going to have this show is Ben Charrington made a presence. He, uh, he had a press conference. He talked. People were there. Words exited his mouth. I'm not sure if he gained any information, though. So um, I guess we should, <laughs> we should just start. Mackie tweeted out it was, what, 6,800 and some words were spoken. 50 some questions asked. Yeah. And uh, I feel like not one bit of, of information was, was given, was provided. Yeah. 6,861 words throughout the, the press conference. And, and, and yeah, I mean, going into it, you just know that when Ben Sherrington is going to speak in front of a room of, of reporters, he's not actually going to say anything of substance. Like the dude, the dude doesn't, talk about what he's planning on doing um but yeah i mean there's we've i guess we've got to got some things to talk about there he talked for an hour but at the same time didn't really say anything so similar to like a, an ns9 podcast i guess you could say very much so <laughs> <laughs> but we've learned from the best let's put right. it that way yeah i mean it started with neil and now we got ben and it just progresses each and each. each they year. really are just the exact same person. But like, here's something I want to say. And trust me, like when it comes to Ben Charrington, <clears throat> there's a whole other level to this. And I understand that. But there's just something like when it comes to GMs for the most part. And again, I understand that there are specific few that like will go out there and just tell you the plan and be very transparent with things. But for the most part, Jim, I just feel like these are mostly worthless. Most GMs aren't going to tell you anything. I mean, this is why it's called GM talk. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's dubbed that for a reason. It's not just because it's not that it came from the pirates, it's not pirates GM talk. It's GM talk. Most aren't really going to give you anything, but, but again, Ben Charrington takes that whole nother level to just, again, 6,800 some words. And yeah, and you got nothing from it. Um, so that, that's like my whole thing. Knowing this was going to happen. It didn't really matter what was said, which was nothing. Because to me, I just need to see it. I don't care what you're saying. We've gotten three years of this. Uh, I, I feel like the one time Ben Charrington said anything, it was on MLB Network. And he said the Pirates are a lot closer to winning than you think. And boy, did that backfire. Because they were not closer at all than anyone thought. Uh, no. I mean, they lost one less game this year than last year. They did absolutely nothing this offseason. Uh, and... Yeah, so maybe he learned from that and said, you know, I'm not even going to give it any glimpse. Yeah, I mean, the, the team clearly this season did not uh, perform, perform very well. 62 and 100, a uh, year after being 63 and 99. So, uh, wait, no, 60. No, 101. 61 and 101. 101, yeah. So... Not uh, not necessarily trending in any sort of direction. They were they were bad yet again. They clinched, you know, one of the bottom three spots, which means they get the highest percentage um, for first overall pick in the draft lottery. I mean, they were bad. They were they were a bad team again for the third straight year. Not really much else you can really say about it. Uh, he said a lot of words about. They he thinks that they're closer than than what you know it may look like. I did see some of that. Uh, you know they're they're close to to getting I think close to getting better. I think was the words he used. So I would certainly hope that they are close to getting better. Uh, you know considering we've had three straight years of just being abysmal. Right. I'm with you, man. Um... So maybe we should get into some of the things. Now, it's not like we're privy to all 6,800 some words, but you saw a lot of the comments, a lot of the paraphrasing and actual quotes on Twitter from things that were said. So I guess to sum up what we know, right, what we can talk about, uh, maybe let's talk about the first thing. And, and this also can kind of be, we can use it with the, the source from Amaki pretty much put out there about a week ago, I feel like. That you know, from a source that the Pirates are looking to spend about twenty to thirty million dollars in, you know, in free agency this year mm -hmm. to add to their payroll. 
And uh, and that's kind of what you know, Ben Charrington said. Like they are going to look to acquire free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, first base. You know, we'll talk about. But they are looking to you know acquire free agents. Getting linked that to the Mackey uh, source about twenty to thirty million dollars. Uh, on top of that, though, Ben Charrington does say that payroll doesn't mean anything to them. It, it, you know, like don't look at payroll. It's not about payroll. Mm-hmm. So it kind of tells you. I, to, to sum up a lot of his quotes right now, too, again, GM talk and, and and Ben Charrington, everything tells you of we would like to do this, but it gives him an out if it doesn't happen. <laughs> and, that, and that's really what I got from all of this. Everything yeah. almost came with a clause. Uh, but yes, so we look to spend money, but also realize payroll doesn't matter. <laughs> so if we don't spend money, it's okay. Um, but yes, so again, they are looking to spend about that. So I guess what I'm going to start with on that sense is for the people getting excited, because I think you and I have talked about this, the way this mm-hmm. team is constructed and what's coming up into the pipeline next year, like ND's coming, right? Quinn Priester's coming, Burroughs is coming, maybe Henry Davis and others. So with that said, with what's coming, what's constructed, this team probably would be pretty competent if they spent about $30 million. Fair? Um, uh, I didn't say good again. Competent is the key word. So yeah, like define competent. Able to play baseball. You saw first base; they were not able to play baseball. You saw many hitters; they were not able to play baseball. You saw many relievers not able to play baseball. Just guys that can step on first base, that can. (laughs) Oh. So $30 million maybe puts them in a place where they're not losing 100 games. But I don't think $30 million necessarily puts them in a place where they're uh, playoff contenders. Again, I'm not saying contending. I'm saying competent. Okay. Most people are a major league caliber player. There's competency. You're seeing a game of baseball being played, not a blooper reel. At the end of the year, provided by Stilo <laughs> to show you the twenty two thousand the twenty twenty three Pirates roundup. You know what I mean? I can um I can somewhat agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to say to that. For the people also thinking we're gonna add twenty to thirty million dollars to this team, and how that means twenty to I mean, you know, twenty to thirty million dollars being added to the payroll. Forget that. Forget that. G- Jim, they also did, as biz- as abysmal as this team was, they also did spend money in free agency last year. They have stuff coming off the books. They were mm-hmm. paying Gregory Polanco last year to not play baseball. When you look and say they had about $14 million uh, in contracts that are coming off the books. Then you add Gregory Polanco's $3 million. That's That's $17 million coming off the books, but they're not doing anything right now. So... So also think like payroll's not going up $30 million. Don't get this idea that payroll's going to be like close to 80 million to say that you can spend 20 to $30 million this off season is basically saying that you're going to spend about the same right now on payroll as you did last year Add okay. You're going to add a little bit of arbitration. There'll be in some increases there, but like, that's what I'm going to say. This payroll isn't jumping up that much in doing that also. Yeah, so Ethan uh, Ethan Houlihan, obviously the uh, the payroll guru here, um, he put out the starting point, like where we're at right now for 2023 payroll, is 44 million five hundred twelve thousand, you know, and some change. So we're at like 44 and a half million dollars is where we're sitting right now for 2023 payroll. So you know, you add 30 to that, you know, you're you're right around 75 million dollars in that area uh which is you know higher than where they started this past year i i I believe i'll have to look that up but i think that sounds about right um as i still don't know if that puts them in a place where like they need to be but it's it's something but at the end of the day like i gotta see it i don't know the last time this team spent 30 million dollars in free agency so according to Ethan as well yeah. from his spreadsheet, uh, they pretty much they're sitting at sixty one million, sixty point nine two five. Okay. 
So again, the 20 to 30 side. If you're at 20, they're basically at a wash. Mm-hmm. Spend 30, you're about 10 million more. Yeah. 14, I guess. But but again, well, that's what I'm alluding again, to here. Th- like, yeah. I feel like people are getting this vision ahead because they're seeing on Twitter and whatever, like, okay, payroll is going to bump 20 to $30 million now. And that's just false. Yeah. They can spend 20, 30, but in doing so with what's coming off the books and everything as well, they're still not spending all that much more. So it's not as if like, they're really trying to go out there and spend money. They're really just spending about the same as they have before. There's reallocating it to new freedoms. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you've got to, you have to hope that there is an O'Neill Cruz extension this off season. I know. I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to this off season later on, but you know, hopefully there's increases to payroll there. Um, maybe Brian Reynolds extension would be fun. Mitch Keller, maybe, you know, so there's a few guys out there that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them lock up it's just a matter of if it's going to happen or not. Uh, you know, the Brian Hayes extension happened pretty late, you know, in, in the year. I think it was like, was it like the first week of the season? Essentially? It was because it was so, before a game, wasn't it? Yeah. Like the announcement and everything. Yeah. Um, so, so there was that. Um, yeah. Hopefully they do that with O'Neill Cruz. That's, that's really honestly like number one priority this off season is lock up O'Neill Cruz for 10 plus years. That's my number. One <laughs> um, I'll put it this way. Wouldn't hate that, but I don't see 10 years. And I'll tell you what, if they just get like, you know, if they just get an extension done, let's just start there. <laughs> I'll rejoice just seeing those words, but 12 years, give them a wander deal. <laughs> 12 years. Oh boy. Nutting is sweating right now. Uh, one thing I want to say to that though, is I do believe he did touch on that. Also, you know, they were looking to, extend right give money to their own players uh but i do believe he said as well in this that that's likely going to be coming more towards like the end of spring training when stuff like that happens so uh, i mean let's be honest too that does make sense i mean that's not as if like that's just the pirate way i mean that happens around baseball as well mm. it is what it is but like he did focus on that that most times that is something that comes about towards the end of spring training uh which just as you brought up with cabrian hayes that's pretty much like what transpired there but no, you, you add that in, um, you add in 30 million, you know, you're hoping to add a starting pitcher, right. To the mix. You're hoping to add a first baseman to the mix. And, you know, I would like to see a corner outfielder as well. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking. And so I just don't know the caliber of guys you can get, you know, if you're looking at just spending 30 million, cause you want to maybe add a couple bullpen pieces too, you know, throughout mm-hmm. that process as well. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, I really, really, really hope they add like a competent first baseman they to go have, along with like, a starting pitcher. Take it back. They don't have to do anything, but I just feel as if, especially after the season, like that has to be a focal point. That might be the biggest focal point. I feel they need to hit on. Like you just have to have a competent first baseman. Uh, you know, I put out there, there's there's rumors, which, of course, makes a lot of sense. That's how the Rays operate. But, like, a G-Man Choi possibly being, you know, DFA'd by the Rays at this point in time, his last year. Or it could be a trade of some sort, you know. And he's he's had, like, back-to-back years where he hasn't been as productive as the year before, however, still productive. And, like, what I put out there was I wouldn't hate that. I would not hate a G-Man Choi for the Pirates. I just feel like that might be, like, the start in the bar. You know, that, that's like the uh, when A and B and maybe even C doesn't come through, you might settle on a G-Man Choi. Like, that's what I feel like the Pirates need to do. They need to strive for better than that. However, if they got a G-Man Choi this year, I wouldn't hate that because that's the that's that real veteran. He can he plays a solid first baseman defensively. The bat at this point in time, maybe not as great as you'd want, but it's still good enough and he walks a lot. Power's not really there. But, but again, this was a a team that had a negative three war. Yeah. Getting a G-Man Troy at maybe around one war next season, which again, isn't like great, but that's, that's four wins you're running to this team. And you're probably paying nothing for a G-Man Troy. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Like I wouldn't hate that, 
it checks some boxes. It's a true veteran. Got some leadership in the clubhouse. He's a competent player. Uh, but I think they should be aiming higher. Like that should be the bar. Yeah, I mean, you look at Choi and I mean, just profile wise, good, to, good, to, pretty decent hitter, right? Defensively, he's not great. Value wise, not great. He is a platoon guy. I I don't know. I kind of want like an everyday first baseman that you can rely on to at least be like average. Like, give me a two win first baseman. I said, what was our war for the year? First base position, negative three. So you get a two win first baseman, and you just improve the team by five games. Right, like just that one thing. And you're not even adding somebody that good. You're just averaging and you're just putting in an mm-hmm. average baseball player into that position, and you just made the team five five games better. Yeah, and and I get that. And, and again, that's what I'm going to say. Like, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a G-man choice should be the fallback. Like, that's the last resort, not what they've done this year, or just try to piece it together with whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, that should be. The last resort, like that again to me, like that's the bar. You strive for higher, and that's where the bottom end is. That's where we have to settle. That's what I feel like the Pirates need to do. They yeah. really need to look into first base, and you know, like you said, upgrade that. But it's not going to cost a whole lot. It's not. It doesn't cost an armor leg for a two war first baseman. Again, like keep throwing a CJ Crone in Colorado. Yeah. Well, like, and I mean, Choi, million dollars. Like Choi's probably a guy you pay five million dollars to. Right. That's not a lot of money. Now you got twenty five million more to go. Yeah. So no, I think that's uh that's something that needs to be done. You know, Josh Bell is a name that you know you hear a lot. I don't know if Josh Bell is someone who one would want to come back to Pittsburgh and two, uh, if the Pirates can afford them. You know, he's coming off back to back two war seasons. So, you know, kind of He's gotten consistent. He's been consistently average, you know, in his time in Washington. So uh, we'll see see how that goes. I mean, if he if he performs really well in the postseason, that could also bump his stock up a little bit. Kind of depending that's a good on, call. Depending how it goes from here on out, but that's another another target like someone like that who I would love to see come back, uh, and not necessarily just because you know we've had him before, but like someone who can go in and be an average major league player who can play that position most of the time. You know, that's, right. that's what, that's what I'd like to see. I'm with you. Um, I've even said like a Wilmer Flores, I wouldn't hate coming off the giants. Again, one and a half war this year and 139 games. 112 where he runs created plus like it wasn't terrible that's something that the pirates should not say they can't afford you know like like we all we couldn't hit on the warmer floor like that that's in their ballpark like that's something they can absolutely afford as a warmer floor as and he's a capable player um but right definitely some options and then again first base should certainly be a point of emphasis uh and and again like where we're coming from like the middle infield is flooded with players that you want to see upcoming you want to see how they do right like we've talked about with Cruz, castro and and bay and such and you have newman in the mix or whatnot so you're probably getting these veterans from the corners he talks so like first base has to be some type of true veteran out there that can help the ball club help the team production wise and such so um so that was a point of emphasis that you know charrington did say that is what they're going to look into doing which i mean they should <laughs> yeah. tell me too much. Like they're going to look into upgrading first base. Well, you were the worst first base in baseball. So you probably should do that. And it also doesn't take much to upgrade the position. Like, like no. what we're saying, like you can upgrade that position and make the team substantially better just by adding an average guy. You could do it by adding a below average guy. And you all I'm saying it. is that's how pathetic it was. Yeah. Right. You can do it by adding an, a bad guy. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was one thing they talked about. Another thing they talked about too, I should, they say they, Ben Charrington talked about was how 2023 players need to come in and compete. Nobody jobs is safe. 
You know, everyone needs to come in with a mentality and mindset that they need to be here and compete. So, Jim, I ask you, what year should players not come in ready to compete? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a strange thing that's that's said because, <laughs> uh, yeah, you should always be ready to compete to 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 make the team and and be there. You you know, you're obviously going to have some guys who are slotted into positions like let's be real Brian Hayes is the team starting third baseman Brian Reynolds is going to be starting in center or left you know regardless whatever but he's going to be in one of those and O'Neill Cruz is going to be the starting shortstop like those are those are known things those aren't changing uh so there are a few people who are safe but yeah you <laughs> you just lost 100 games no one should be going into this offseason feeling cushy about their jobs Yes. So I'm with you there. Uh, and again, like that should be the mentality. That's kind of like my issue with this clubhouse, with this organization. No one, no one has earned anything here. Like zero. Brian Reynolds and Cabrian Hayes have. And like that's really it. And uh, now you can say Mitch Keller has. So it was like when they were talking about opening day starters in like early March, I'm like, why? Yeah. Who's earned anything, you know? Right. Um, but regardless, like this is absolutely an organization that no one has earned anything. Everyone should be competing. That should be the mindset anyways. So if he wants to reiterate it, fine. That's that's fine and dandy, whatever. But yeah, players need to come in ready to compete. It, to me, it just sounds as if it's like, this worst can come twofold. You know, it's like you, you want, like, like a cash show is a perfect example of this. Keep saying Casho should have the inside job. You should give him every opportunity to win second base, right? But yeah. like he hasn't done enough to earn it. Like it's not like he's given the right and says, Hey, Casho, second base is yours. He needs to come right. in the spring next year and earn that right back and such. But here's my thing. Cool. So once again, you're saying players need to earn it. So what if Eddie Rodriguez comes in the spring train next year? I don't know. Or earns the job. So you come out your mouth today saying players need to earn their job, right? Earn it, earn it, earn it. So what happens to those guys that do earn it? What do you tell them? There's a few things internally that they need to work on, Denardo. <laughs> so when he's had like, I don't know, over a thousand OPS basically everywhere he goes and, and all the monitors this year, he uh, he's in lead on right now and just tearing it up. And I don't know. It comes to spring training next year and just tears it up some more. We're going to play that game again, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. So now, right, because I don't know. I'm Andy Rodriguez, and, you know, you're my GM. I'm interested in this stuff, too, and I hear, okay, guys got to come in ready to compete next year, and I do that. And then I'm told, you know, forget what I said because I've been saying this year after year, and guys do that. And I reward them at the end of the year, and then I tell them they got to go back to the AAA next year. I just, you know, I just hate this stuff because it's just like this whole MO. It's what Ben Charrington brought in about, you know, this whole player-centric environment. And our guys going to, you know, they're, they're going to earn their way there. They're going to project their, their playing career on based on what they're doing and such. And then he says things like this. And, again, I, I'm gonna, I, I want to hold them to this stuff. You talk about players need to earn it. So what about those guys on the outside looking in? Mm. When they do earn it, what are you going to tell them? The guy that who didn't earn it is now going to play. When you bring in that Josh Vaminer next year, he's going to play because he earned it. Yeah, that's what happened this year. Josh Vaminer earned it by playing that's, zero spring training games. Th that's what I'm getting at. Like when you look at what happened this year, what guys earned half of the stuff they did this year? Like nobody. Which we'll get into the Shelton comments here in a little bit, a little bit too. But yeah. Okay, great. So you want to tell me this whole offseason now heading next year about earning it? That's where I'm going with this. No, I hear you. Um, it's frustrating, and it's something that, uh, you know, I'll. It, it's just it's another one of the things, like, I'll believe it when it happens, right? Up to this point, they haven't shown me as a fan that they're willing to just simply put the best players on the field for the sake of putting the best players on the field. You know, there's always something else going on that, that, uh, that's, that's requiring them to not do that. Right. Re requiring is in quotes, but that that's, that's where I'm at. And so next year, 
Like, you're not going to convince me, you know, let's say they bring in, let's say they re-sign Roberto Perez, right? Which was a topic of discussion that, you know, mm-hmm. they want to look, obviously, to see what all is available. But, you know, the, the door would be open for a possible, you know, uh, extension there. Um, let's say they bring back Roberto Perez and it's him, it's Jason DeLay, it's Heineman, you know, on this roster. Like, you're not going to convince me that Andy Rodriguez doesn't deserve to play above those guys. You're just simply not going to convince me of that. Um, so if they don't allow that to happen, like we're just back to where we were this year with Cruz and Contreras. It's just an endless game of manipulating service time and, and not putting the best team on the field. Like that's just, that's just actively not trying to win. When you when you when you want to win, you put your best players on the field, and they have yet to show that they're uh, they're willing to do that up to this point. Correct, correct. Uh, even about the Roberto Perez thing, you know. And again, it seemed as if it was always like, "But here's your out if it doesn't happen." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the door's always open. We would look definitely like to look into that. And of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but. Um, you know, we want to wait till we see the medicals and, and, and you know, have that discussion with him. And sure, you know, you, you're giving yourself that out. So if you don't look into signing him or whatever, it's like, well, you know, we, we didn't really want to because of X, Y, Z or whatever. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think Roberto Perez signing makes all the sense in the world for me. And again, I'll say, like I said before, this year makes way more sense of having him than last year because this year you have any Rodriguez. And again, maybe a Henry Davis, like, Henry's a possibility this year. His playing is going to determine that, I feel. Mm-hmm. But Andy is, is here. Like he is ready for day one. We'll find out when that happens. But yep. regardless, when he comes in here, that's when Roberto Perez is going to have to take a step back. And I think it's plain as day right now. Roberto Perez is a part time player, but also probably a very good mentor which an Andy Rodriguez could use. So that's why, to me, like a signing of Roberto Perez is very, very um, helpful for this ball club. It makes a lot of sense because he doesn't need to give you everyday stuff, and he'll be a great mentor for Andy Rodriguez and maybe Henry Davis as well. Yeah. No, I would be – I mean, I would be um, – <clears throat> I would be in favor of bringing Perez back. I think he would make a good part-time catcher to – uh, to kind of fill in and be a backup to Andy and Henry Davis. So I would be in support of it. Um, he's going to provide better value than delay and Heineman for sure. But like at the end of the day, Andy Rodriguez, he needs to be your opening day catcher. And until, until the pirates show that they are willing to do something like that, it's just, it's hard for me to take them seriously, like in terms of them wanting to, to win baseball games. So a couple of things I want to talk about here. You talk about, you know, Jason delay and Heineman, um, Jason delay for the pirates, 57 games, 167 plate appearances had a 53 way to run created plus. So very, very bad offensively. Um, a point two war. We talked, I mean, defense was his calling card. Uh, you know, I, I did say, I mean, he, he, it was noticeable. He came up, he was always talked about like in these moments. I'm not saying he was clutch. I mean, some of that was a lot in jest, right? That I said, he's not a good hitter, um, but he always like his name was out there. But again, he's not that good hitter. His calling card was defense. And at the end, like his defense actually really fell off. Like it was not as strong as you really yeah. hoped for. So at the end of the day in 57 games, a 0.2 war, I mean, take that over a whole year. He's basically a, 0.5 war player if he does this all year long right right that's that's not good no. <laughs> it's so but, here's the thing too when you look at him in 2021 in triple a actually i'm gonna throw out the doors only 38 plate appearances uh when you look at him in oh geez like he just really doesn't play baseball well uh, I mean, when you look at a, him, he's been a backup catcher his entire career <laughs> I, i'm trying to find like this biggest Sample size. So look at 2019. Yeah. In double A, 252 plate appearances, 
98 weighted runs created plus. The year before, an 18 in high A, 251 plate appearances, 86 weighted run, 86 weighted runs created plus. When you look at Andy Rodriguez this this year in those leagues at age 22, in high A, 151, in double A, 198. I'm sorry, 199. And then in AAA, he had a 208. Of course, limited 28 plate appearances, but the dude balled out. Mm-hmm. I think that says he's better than Jason Delay. Even if he struggles, he's better than Jason Delay. Absolutely. So I'm going to present this question to you also. Because we know about the new league rules, which are coming into play right now with Rookie of the Year and being awarded a full-year service time. And what you can get as a baseball organization if your player is in the tops of Rookie of the Year voting. Are you more comfortable saying Andy Rodriguez could win Rookie of the Year next year than you would be with O'Neill Cruz winning Rookie of the Year a year ago? Like, if I was to ask you this question a year ago, then ask you it today about Andy. Like, who do you think has the better chances of winning Rookie of the Year? O'Neill Cruz, you played a full year this year, or Andy Rodriguez next year playing a full year? It's a good question. Um, it's loaded and it's hard. Yeah, but. I I would say probably about even. Like I would put both of them near. Like both of them would be favorites. You know, front runners for the the award. You know, you're looking at two prospects who are, you know, Andy Rodriguez number thirty three now overall in Fangraphs. I think O'Neill Cruz going into last year was like number eight. Ish. Was it that high? I felt like around 15 ish. Pretty I high. I could be wrong. So, um, so, so maybe Cruz a little bit more likely just from like a Vegas odd standpoint, but no, a very, very similar feel between the two of them where, yeah, you give them enough at bats, you give them enough playing time. They've got a pretty good shot. Fair. And again, I, I have no favors. I kind of feel as if Cruz, I mean, of course he has the highest ceiling of the ball, but we mm-hmm. could see a Cruz struggling, which he did. And then figure it out, pick it up. I don't know, man. Like, you do have a I man. Andy, look at the Andy list just right really here. has me buying in him right now. That oh, yeah. I feel like he's probably the safest right now his rookie season to be productive. Like, I almost feel like Andy Rodriguez could be a two and a half four player next year. Like, um, I'm I'm dead set that like absolutely that's that easy uh, to me. That can't happen. Right, where Cruz. Could be a one war player his rookie season, or could be a five war player his rookie season. Or like Andy, I just feel like he's probably a two and a half war player next year. Yeah. So I guess that goes back to the original question. Then two half two and a half war player probably isn't winning rookie of the year. It's not. And I guess what I'm getting at is I, he I I could see him being better than that. Yeah, I just feel like it's very safe to say that word. Like nothing was safe with Cruz. Like I just feel like his variable was just such a range, but he has the potential to be like that five or player. It's like, well, he's rookie of the year. So then I guess what I'm going to ask you now is if you're Ben Sherrington, we know he didn't do it with O'Neill Cruz. Do you think, <laughs> oh man film for this question do you think he maybe feels some certain way with Andy and says let's try it with him where he did it with O'Neill Cruz no no I, I just don't it, it so far he hasn't shown that to be his uh his mo I as I will be very pleasantly surprised if Andy Rodriguez is on the opening day roster next year and I, like I'll be extremely happy if he is but I just until Ben Sherrington shows us that he's willing to do that to a, with a top prospect, I'm not going to think there's much of a shot. And that's what sucks. Yeah. That that's what sucks because I'm with you. And, and again, you know, you jokingly said it, but with real reason to because you were serious about it. That there's probably reasons that Andy wasn't caught up at the end of this year for that. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! You had an amazing season. Here's your award, as O'Neill and Ronzi did last year, because then Ben Sherrington 
played the game. He found out that there's a lot of backlash. And regardless of his, you know, from from peers and you know the public backlash or whatever, just it happened. Like he didn't do it. And to me, what what is the biggest problem with all this is just like you have no balls. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's the thing. Like you just had no balls. You 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 tightened up, you went in your little corner and just said, we're gonna play the game with just being safe and get that extra year. When if you had some balls, you could have said, you know what, let's do this. Let's go for O'Neill, Rowanzy. And again, I take a little step back because I understand Rowanzy probably wouldn't regardless because he's going to have the inning limits. It's probably going to be hard to be a Spencer Strider when you're pitching like 100 innings this year. But uh, like with yeah. O'Neill, just say, go get this for me. Go get it for you. You really want to reward me? Here you are opening day. Go chase that rookie of the year and give me a draft pick because I could use it. And you could use the bonus for getting rookie of the year. Because I don't have to pay you for it either. That's good. <laughs> That's coming out of this MLB stipend now. Yeah. But like you had you could have showed balls and done that. And again, like if he didn't and he was not being productive, then okay. Go the Detroit Tigers route and demote Torkelson to get back that service time that he wasn't giving you. You could have done that. So so again, I'm with you, but Charrington, I don't think Andy is gonna start day one. And it really, really sucks. Like this organization could really use a draft pick. And I think Andy, he's ready, man. Well, it's not even that. Like the, the organization could just use good players. <laughs> and like you've got one here. And and like more than anything, I think that's just where I'm at. Like I want to see the organization's best players in Pittsburgh. I don't want to see them play two and a half months in Indianapolis, getting bored out of their mind, playing a bunch of guys that they're better than. It doesn't do anybody any good. I mean, you saw it with Cruz this year. Like, Cruz clearly didn't have the best year at Indianapolis, right? Like, it took him a while to kind of get started and heat it up. And yep. even when he did, like, he was never, like, just crushing the ball, right? Um, but then you call him up to the majors and – takes him a while to, to get used to it. But then once he does, he is looking really good. You know, the last, the last five weeks of the season, there weren't too many players in major league baseball better than O'Neill Cruz. Like he was right. one of the better players in the league. So like at the end of the day, like get your best players to the major leagues as soon as possible so that they can start being good and uh, adjusting to the league. Um, that's that's kind of just where I'm at, and, and if they're if they're available, like if they're ready, right? So and, and Andy Rodriguez has clearly shown that he's ready, at least from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, you're correct. And just to go back, because we can't talk enough about O'Neill Cruz, of course, right? So just to go back since August 28th, right, the day that O'Neill started leading off, he ends the season from that point with a 149 weighted runs created plus. In that time frame, he's 25th in all of baseball. And way to run great play. So he's the 25th best hitter in baseball since August 28th. And right, it took him some time to adjust. And that could, of course, happen with Andy Rodriguez. So fine, that's what April is. Yeah. May you start hitting your stride. I mean, how much do we, why do we keep comparing and not comparing as far as skill set and tools and what he'll be, but just comparing O'Neill Cruz to Julio Rodriguez? Is because Julio Rodriguez took a while to adjust too. I mean, he was a bad baseball player for a little bit of time until he figured it out. And now he's Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. No, same thing. I mean, so it just, if, if you're going, if it's going to take a month for somebody to figure something out, let that month be April and not July. Exactly. Cause now you have May, June, July, August, <laughs> September. Oh, you can win rookie of the year. Yeah. Opposed to just having some of July, August, or not even having some of July at all. And it's August. Exactly. So I'm with you, man. Um, I don't think it's going to happen for Andy and it stinks, but I'm sure he'll be coming ready to compete in spring and I hope he makes it very, very difficult. I, but I'm with you. It's probably Perez and like a delay Heineman, something like that for a placeholder till Andy comes up. And then that's when, and you know, the other guy, whether Heineman delay, or it could be some other person, but I just doubt it. Um, mm -hmm. because I mean, that person especially is just 
a guy waiting to be DFA'd <laughs> until yeah. Andy comes. Yeah. Um, but but I'm with you. So yeah, back to Charrington's quotes again. We'll, we'll see what happens. N- nothing that he said excited me at all. Nothing excited me that he said at all. Um, the, another thing he talked about is the coaching staff. Well, he's happy with them. Great relationship. That he's going to maintain all the coaching staff. There might be some additions. That'll be some changes. But he's keeping everybody unless, of course, some other organization hires them because everyone's pounding on the door for Andy Hines. Haynes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. This, to me, this was the biggest takeaway from this whole talk. Nothing else that he said really mattered to me. I really cared about. This was the biggest thing. He is perfectly okay with all the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, offensively, this team was just so bad. So bad. Bullpen, so bad. I I do like a few things I saw out of the starting rotation, right? So like I'm not I'm not to a point where like Oscar Marine is someone who has to go, you know. Um but between the bullpen and between the offense, I mean the offense's approach all year was just terrible. And and you know, you saw it in the the crazy amount of strikeouts, um just complete lack of situational hitting right you know you and that's that's kind of a problem with major league baseball across the board are the strikeouts and the situational hitting but it just seemed bad for the pirates this year and a lot of it was just because they had bad players but you just didn't see that much uh progression with a lot of guys either it was you know brian reynolds didn't get better okay brian hayes didn't get better um you know, O'Neill Cruz, I, I'm fine with how he ended his season, right? Um, Castro, happy with how he ended his season. But, like, your key guys who have been there and have had, you know, major league instruction in the past didn't really get any better. If anything, there were some people who got worse. <laughs> you know, uh, Yoshi Susugo got worse. Um, you know, you didn't really see anything get better out of Ben Gamble who's been around a few years. Uh, so just, just not a lot of like reasons for optimism, you know, around the offensive coaching staff. Uh, but I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like I also have a hard time judging coaches when they don't have a whole lot to work with, you know, and that's kind of, kind of like with Shelton in particular too. I've kind of had this, dilemma this inner dilemma where like okay i i don't think he's the guy right but is it really fair to fire someone right now when you have given him nothing right he's basically just been a good foot soldier this whole time has told has done exactly what you've been telling him to do you just haven't given him a good team like it doesn't matter who was your manager these past three seasons no one was making these teams a winner nobody like right the 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 ghost of danny murtaugh isn't coming back and making any of these teams any good so i so i i kind of think that's just where i stand all around like maybe maybe 2023 which this is another thing that frustrated me 2022 could have been this year right where it was like judgment time you give you give them good players, right? You could have given them good players in 2022. You decided not to. So now 2023 is kind of that judgment year where, Hey, let's actually give these guys some tools to we work hope. With. Right. Let's hope let's, let's actually give these guys some tools to work with. If they're able to figure it out with them. Cool. If not, then they're gone going into 2024. But I mean, I, I got to think that, yeah, they're all back, but they've got to show you something next year. Fair enough. I won't go too too much detail. I mean, he pretty much hit in the head there. Um, but it was just disappointing that he was happy with everybody because I'm not happy with everybody. I no. certainly think, think things could be shaken up a bit. Uh, I think it's warranted that things should be shaken up a bit. The players need to compete. Maybe the coaches need to as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but anyways, they're all, all, all safe. And uh, much of the same for 2023, apparently, with the coaching staff. Um, so, I mean, it seems like those were the, the big points that were touched on. Uh, so, again, to kind of wrap up, the players need to compete. Oh, oh, my bad. There was another thing. Uh, they are looking to sign a, a veteran starting pitcher. Now, what they, what they plan on doing, right, Ben Charrington stated, he is open and willing to look into a longer than a one-year deal. If it makes sense. So again, like it, there's his out. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's looking to, um, but they do. You know, he does want to add a veteran starting pitcher. I think that was the thing too. Like he said, one. Yeah. I and think you, you gotta like you would like to have two, but it seems like one's going to be the play. Yeah. And I think if you are going to get somebody like you, you, you wouldn't, you would prefer a lefty just because you mm-hmm. have no other lefty starters. Right. And I don't know. I've always felt like it's good to have a lefty in that rotation, at least one, you know, better to have as many as you can with kind of the way that, uh, you know, PNC's, you know, you, it's nice to have the lefties there for that short portion, right? Like to kind of keep left-handed hitters in check, but um yeah so i mean looking at the list here you know what's funny is like tyler anderson and jose quintana would be great fits uh they may have priced themselves out though at this point like both of them are having excellent seasons i don't know if the pirates are going to be able to afford them able to or willing to or two different things right willing to uh afford them now what i'll say on that too is so like much of like the Josh Bell thing. I mean, it takes two to tango. Does Josh Bell also want to come back to PNC? That's the other part, right? The Pirates yeah. can say, "Hey, Josh, we love you," but Ben, or you know, Ben Charrington can say that, but Josh can say, "Well, screw you, I'm not mm-hmm. coming back here." Quintana, I mean, Tyler Anderson. I don't think there was a whole lot where him being tied at Pittsburgh and like a willingness to come back. But mm-hmm. we know that was like with Quintana. I mean, I could see a Quintana deal happening. I'm not out here saying it's going to. I'm not saying like I could see it because my sources say it will happen. I'm just saying like I believe Jose Quintana would want to come back to Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh wants him to come back and the money's at least somewhat right. Like I could see a Quintana deal happening mm-hmm. in that sense. But I'm with you. Dude will get paid some money this offseason because he was very productive all year long. All year long. You know, it wasn't just as if like he had this hot streak with the Pirates, and they turned back into a pumpkin at the trade, or it wasn't as if like he was Quintana got traded and then had two months where he was good. It happened all year long. I mean, he was the best starter for the, the Cardinals as well, mm-hmm. which was in a playoff run. So that speaks volumes. So uh, certainly his pedigree, what he has, I think he's going to get paid too. Not as a top-end guy, but I think the Pirates could sign up if they wanted to but would they want the willingness to go out and spend that much money to sign him is another thing. Yeah. I mean, they signed Quintana for $2 million this year. So they got him real cheap. Uh, so I don't know if they'll be looking to do something like, I mean, hopefully it's not something like that again, because odds are you're probably not finding another Jose Quintana for $2 million. Like that was just, that was luck <laughs> right there. Um, you know, Martin Perez is a, a name that's kind of been floating around. He's a free agent, lefty. Uh, I don't know if they could afford somebody like that, though, either. Like, that, that's going to be like a workhorse starting pitcher type guy. I don't know, but that would be a good two year, like two year, $20 million candidate, maybe something like that. I, I'm not exactly sure what the what his going rate's going to be. Yeah. He had a good season. I'm with you. And like I think the other thing we're missing out of here as well uh, is the fact that, I mean, trades could happen. Yeah. doesn't have to be just by free agency money. They have a lot of guys in the 40-man. They got a lot of Rule 5. They have a lot of assets somewhere or another. I mean, they could pull off some trade on some pitcher who has maybe like one, two, three years remaining, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it's – uh, I mean, hell, a Marquez – from the Rockies, like a great example. That says like, maybe that guy was having a down year. You believe a new scenery, something, I don't know. Maybe the pirates are focusing and targeting something. They yeah. got the new, the new wave of guys, right? Right. They find someone who could be like a reclamation in that sense. 
make a trade and, and they get that guy for some cost controlling amount of money, some years, and it makes a whole lot of sense for the trade. So, uh, I mean, there's different ways of spending money. It doesn't have to come strictly from free agency. Uh, so we'll see. But they definitely have a lot of bullets to, to trade away if they really wanted to. They do. Um, or they could just sign Jacob DeGrom. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, DeGrom and Judge coming yeah. to the Pirates. Yeah. The theater near you. That would anyway. solve a lot of problems. DeGrom so, and Judge. <laughs> yes, it, it would. <laughs> um, so, like, to wrap up, like, what was said. So, again, like, check the boxes. They want players to compete. They want to sign a veteran free agency, hoping for multiple years. But if not, you know, it needs to make sense. They want to look to improve first base. Um, we're not focusing on payroll. They do want to spend money on free agency, but again, that twenty or thirty million dollars isn't really going to push the the, the payroll, right? But also, payroll doesn't matter because that's not really what they're focused on. Because also, winning wasn't something they were focused on as well. It's about the players. Yeah, they didn't really um, seem that that uh, interested in winning, right? And he yeah. said that like that like there weren't like it wasn't about winning. It was about the players. Now, mind you, I also understand that like I, people are going to take that too far. The team was bad. They're not going to win. Wins don't really judge the 2022 season. It also didn't have to judge it if they tried to be better. It is about the player development for the most part. It's just they could have had better players and been better all around and whatever. Regardless, what I'm getting at is they could have spent more money. Like what this upcoming season is going to be, they could be a 70-win team. They could be a 72-win team, 73-win team. I'm still not going to say like, that's not what's going to define if they're good. It's going to be the, the construction of the roster. It's going to be how much these players developed and got better by, regardless, whatever. The next thing is they want to maintain most of the coaches. So, again, like hearing these comments, everything that was said, you could literally say about the 2022 offseason. Everyone should come in to compete. Check. Mm -hmm. They want to sign a sign of veteran free agency. They would like more than one year, but if not, if it makes sense, just one. Well, Jose Quintana check they want to prove first base that was yoshi check uh we're not going to focus on payroll check they're going to spend money on free agents check literally everything he said right here is what happened in 2022 so if you're excited by what ben charrington said i don't know why <laughs> there's absolutely no reason to be excited about what he said not by the way yeah, they're hoping for a lot of internal improvements, which you know, obviously we are all are. Like we're hoping that that everybody can get better, but that's not how sports works. You know, not everybody is going to get better. Some people who are good are going to get worse. Some people who are bad are going to get better. Some people are just going to stay exactly the same. That's just kind of how it's gonna how it's gonna work. Um, one thing I would love to see is some more maybe, uh, and he talked about it too, and something that I agree with is just you know, more roster stability, right? Like let's not break records on the amount of people used. Good teams don't do that. <laughs> Good teams aren't using, what was the final number this year? 69, 68, right? 68 players like used. That's absolutely absurd. I mean, you only have, you have a 40 man roster and you almost doubled it as far as guys that you can use in a major league season. So yeah, just that active at the most <laughs> like that's embarrassing using that many players. Um, so have some more stability, like have a core group of guys who are good enough to be on a major league roster for more than a week at a time. Amen. <laughs> I'm with you, man. So again, that's why I just want to like wrap this whole thing up. Mm. The words that were said, doesn't move me one way or another because everything had an out. Everything was general statements that like literally every, the Yankees could literally say the same thing. We would like yeah. to sign a veteran free agent. Every player should come in to compete, right? We want to spend money for agent. Like everything that was said here is what every organization says in the off season. So like, once again, to me, it comes down to simple actions by Ben Charrington. Cool. Cool, you said all this, and again, all this is what was done in 2022. So what actions are you taking in 2023 to ensure 
more of this stuff comes to fruition, this team does move the needle a little bit more. You know, 2023 is another wasted season where you have 100 losses once again. Mm-hmm. Let's see some actual trending in the correct direction because Brian Reynolds is not going to be here forever. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because Brian Reynolds is not going to be here forever. But now, like, you're, we didn't talk about this before, but now you're also entering discussion of Mitch Keller's not here forever because he's turning himself back to part of this organization. So when's Mitch Keller's free agency clock start ticking down too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking Keller and Keller and Reynolds are in the same boat mm-hmm. when it comes to service time. So three more years. Yep. So do you want to win with them or not? Because there's two things you need to do with that. You need to win with them or trade them. Yep. Yeah. That is where we're at. So any ways, anything else that you wanted to touch on, I guess, with uh, with the Charrington comments or anything else Pirates related or un- non-Pirates related? I don't know. Garrett Cole and Clay Holmes shutting down the, the Guardians tonight. Yeah. Um, a lot of people hate Garrett Cole. I like Garrett Cole. And I, I, mean, I think he, you know, he, he kind of shows – he shows why the Yankees, I mean, tonight, like a game like tonight was why the Yankees are paying him what they are. You know, they're on the ropes, elimination game, and he just goes out there, gives them seven innings, two runs. Ho-hum. I'm Garrett Cole. So, brings the series back to New York. He's, uh, it's funny how many times, like, you know, you, you and, I, and I see it on Twitter a lot where people, like, kind of realize it, but people trash Garrett Cole like while they're, while he's pitching all the time. Like, you know, this guy's no good. This guy's no good. The next thing you know, he just pitched seven innings, struck out eight, gave up a run. Like he does it every time out and he's just a really good pitcher. Uh, You know, there aren't a lot of guys who are like that nowadays that are going to go out there and throw a lot of innings, strike a lot, strike out a lot of batters and, and give your team a chance to win every single night. And he's one of them. So. Good outing there. It's been a pretty fun playoff so far. Uh, a lot of upsets. So I'm looking forward to the championship series is uh, continuing. But yeah, it's been a it's a been a it's been a fun playoffs. Our Padres, man. Yeah, Padres. Let's go knocking out Dude, the Dodgers. That series. I mean, the pot they did it. The Padres beat the Dodgers. Holy hell! But uh, yeah, man. Like the Braves is like. I feel like I'm more shocked on the Braves being out than the Dodgers at this point in time. I cannot believe the Braves lost. Yeah, it really just comes down to Philly's pitching. Just Nola, Wheeler, they've just kind of taken an extra step, and they've been really good this this postseason. Yeah. That's the thing. If you you can ride two really good pitchers. Especially a five-game series. Yeah, you can win some games. Yeah. So again, Atlanta goes out, then the Dodgers go out. I mean, the Mets are already out. <laughs> Crazy baseball, though, right? But uh, yeah, back to Garrett Cole. I, I I don't know. It's weird because I like a lot of ex players. Like starting Marte is a good example. Mm-hmm. People hated starting Marte to begin with. And they probably still do. So whatever. But I feel like the people that liked Marte still like Marte. It's not as if like always oh, in New York and I hate him, whatever. But I feel like with Garrett Cole because he was liked in Pittsburgh. I, again, when he's sitting there in Watching the Penguins game, right? Chugging back a beer. I mean, it was like yeah. everyone celebrated him. But now it's the Yankees, and it's like, oh, that guy stinks or whatever. I'm with you, though. I like Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something there, and that's why. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know if it's because he is a Yankee. I yeah. think a lot of it really has more to do with him being involved with the sticky stuff. Maybe. That part I can Maybe. get. I can understand that. But I feel like there's certainly a fashion that it's not even that at all. It's just because he's no longer a pirate. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel like. He's no longer a pirate. He's a Yankee now, and you got to find a way to trash him. But he's he's a great pitcher, mm-hmm. definitely a great competitor, competitor. And uh, like what you said, like what he's doing, he's also doing it in New York. That alone says a lot. You, it's hard to succeed in New York City. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things where like ever. I mean, his 2015, we all knew Garrett Cole was special. He was number one overall pick, right? And mm-hmm. flew through the minors. But I mean, that 2015 season he had the best pitching season a pirate has had in my 
lifetime that I can remember. Like, cause Drayback years, you could argue. Um, but I don't remember those. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, it doesn't help that the pirates weren't really good for many, many years. I I agree. (laughs) But like Garrett Cole's the best pitcher that I can remember seeing pitching in a pirates uniform. Right. Plain and simple. For sure. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to always kind of like him. I do. Yeah. But either way, I guess we will wrap this up then. So, uh, again, you're listening to this. It's Monday morning. We'll be uh, we'll be back Wednesday night for the fanboys at nine o'clock. So tune in, and we'll have some fun. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, we'll get out of here then. Bye bye. All right, see you guys.